This is episode 115 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're continuing Winter Youth 2005. This is session five. Well, hey, don't get scared. I'm not going to talk about porn, and uh, so don't get worried. But uh, a few years ago, yeah, my friend Mike and I, Jake and I have been doing fireproof conferences and, and, and events, and Mike was our worship leader at all these events that we would do together uh, in this band. And so Mike and I were at lunch one day, and Mike says, Craig, God spoke to me this morning, and he said the word porn. And I was like, what? God doesn't even know that word, Mike. What are you talking about? And then he starts telling me this at a restaurant around people. And, you know, that's kind of uncomfortable because people don't talk about porn, especially at a nice restaurant. And we're like two guys sitting there, and our waitress finally leaves because she's like, I don't want any of this. And, uh, and so Mike says, well, Craig, we should do something. I'm like, we? Like me and you? Like what do we know about porn? You know? And, and I remember when I was in like sixth grade, I saw one of those magazines and, and we hid it in a garden because we didn't have the internet. And, so, uh, and then we like went back to it and one day my mom found out that we were visiting the garden too much. And so she, you know, parents, they always find you out. No matter how smart you think you are, they're smarter. And so the magazine was gone one day. And I was like, what happened to it? Mom had the magazine. Wasn't good news for me. And um, back in the day, there was these James Dobson tapes. And on cassette, like 29 of them. And so then she didn't really want to talk to me about this. And so she decided to buy these tapes. And every way, day on the way to school, we listened to James Dobson talk about sex and porn and all this stuff. And it was really awkward sitting there with my parents on the way to school. And so when Mike says, Craig, we should do something, I'm like, Mike, what do we know about this? Well, we, what we did know is by traveling at youth conferences and youth events that times have changed and that pornography is so prevalent today. That the average age someone sees porn now is about 11 years old. And so yeah, people are exposed to it at, at rapid numbers. There's like 300 million porn websites on the Internet. So there's a great chance that you found one. And so um, when Mike says we should do something, I thought, well, I mean, we're not like experts in this. We never really struggled with it ourselves because we weren't around it that much. But you really think like we should take a stab at it? And he says, yeah. He says, well, if we don't, Craig, who will? And I said, well, good point. But even though we don't know anything, let's go for it. And, and we're just kind of left out lunch one day, and we, we just thought, all right, we're going to create something called triplexchurch.com, the number one Christian porn site. And uh, I just wanted to be number one at something because I've never been, you know, number one in anything. And so this idea was number one because there wasn't a number two. So if you're studying anything in school, just pick, like, a profession or a career that, like, no one else is doing and call yourself the best at it. And... Uh, I don't know, it seemed to work. So we, we started this website, and all, you know, we, we created, a, we went and found a bunch of facts. We went and talked to a lot of young people, a lot of old people, a lot of women, a lot of guys. Uh, this, we found out that it wasn't just a guy thing, it was a guy and a girl thing, and, and that it's just everywhere. It's on televisions, it's on our phones, it's on our iPods, it's on our video games. And so we took our website and we, uh, we created this website. And we hoped and prayed that this would be a safe place online where people could get help, they could get information that they needed about this, and they really could start to kind of recover from this issue. And so I called Mike one day. I said, Mike, uh, this is great. Like, our website's coming along, and, you know, uh, it'll be fun and all and, and to do this. But how is anyone going to go to our website? Because if you type in, you know, triple X, you find a lot of porn. How are they going to find us? And he says, that's a good question. And uh, I said, well, I was listening to that, uh, this Howard Stern guy, and... Uh, and I'm not a fan, but I, I was listening one day, and he was talking about a porn show. And I've been to youth conferences and youth, you know, pastor shows, but not, uh, and, you know, pastor conventions and school conventions. Never thought about porn conventions. You know, what are these like? What, who goes to these? Uh, Howard Stern, uh, Ron Jeremy, Jenna Jameson, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, all these guys, a lot of celebrities, a lot of musicians. And it's 70,000 people go to these porn shows. 
They happen in January every year in Las Vegas. And uh, it's about $30 for a ticket for a day. And you can go meet all the porn stars. You can meet all the porn producers. You can buy all the videos. And then at the end of the show, there's an award ceremony where these people pass out awards and get all dressed up like the Oscars. And they win prizes and awards for their best performances. And so Mike says, so Craig, why are you telling me this? And I said, uh, I think we should go. It's like, what? I mean, we're pastors. We're, we can't go to a porn show. And we're both married, you know. I mean, how are you going to convince your wife, like, hey, I'm going to a porn show with Mike for four days. And <laughs> it just isn't supposed to happen like that, Craig. And we can't do this. And I said, Mike, I feel we should go and we should just uh, go and, and share God's love with these people. And we should go reach out to these people and, and uh and tell them, you know, obviously about pornography and some of the stuff that we know about this, but really just try and meet these people where they're at. He's like, good luck. They'll never let us in. We'll never be allowed to go, and uh, we'll never win this over with our wives. And I'm like, well, our wives will go with us. It's like, what? I go, well, how could we go without our wives, you know? I mean, well, hey, I'm going to the show with Mike. Be back in four days. It just it wouldn't win out, it work with our wives. And so he's like, so you want me to tell my wife that she's going to come to the porn show with me? Yeah. And uh, so I called the porn people up, and I said, uh, my name's Craig, and I have this website. They don't care. Porn's all about money. And so they just said, it's $5,000 for the smallest booth this year at the convention. Great. Mike's got a real job, so he's got one of those gold credit cards. I took down the numbers, and uh, you think I'm kidding. I wasn't. And uh, he had given it to me to buy some T-shirts with, and so instead I put $5,000 on the card and thought, okay, well, they let us in. Mike, you know, he could pay that back later. And uh, we decided to go to Las Vegas, January 9th, and uh, we went. We set up a booth there. Before we went, our church prayed for us. They're like, uh, I don't know what and why, but we just need to pray for them. And so they, they brought us up on stage, and they put their hands on us and said, I'm glad they're going. We're not, but we need to be praying for, for them. The, uh, it was just great because so many people kind of gave us that confirmation that, you know what, this is crazy, yes, but these people need the love of Christ just like uh, we do. And if, if you guys are, are willing to go and, and reach these people, then, uh, you know, Bless you, and, uh, and, and we'll pray for you. That night at church, I saw Rex the Rabbit for the first time. It's the children's mascot at Mike's church, and it's really for, like, third graders and below. And those third graders, if it's your birthday, Rex the Rabbit comes to your Sunday school class, and he picks you up over his head, and he spins you around and sings you happy birthday. It's kind of like a costume you'd see at Disneyland. So we took Rex the Rabbit because we thought this is going to be really bad. Two pastors at a porn show next to all these porn people. What do we have to offer? I mean, we've got, like... Uh, uh, information about a website, and uh, we thought if we brought Rex the rabbit, we'll have our wives dress up as the rabbit and uh, and just take shifts in four-hour shifts. And that way when people come, I mean, you got to get tired of taking pictures with porn stars all day, and it, a friendly rabbit would be nice to get a photo with. So we just thought it was really all we had. It was the night before we were supposed to leave, and we thought, okay. Uh, and my wife said, you want me to dress up as Rex the rabbit? I said, yeah, <laughs> and uh, that way you're like right next to me and you can kind of see what goes on, but you don't have to talk because the bunny's not supposed to talk. And she's like, you think this will work? I have no idea, but it's all we have. And she said, all right, I'll go. So we decided to go, scared out of our minds because we thought, okay, God, what are you going to do? And, and, and is this for real? Are we really supposed to be here? Are these people going to beat us up? Are they going to hurt us? Are they going to you know, uh, harass us? And we, I remember setting up a booth, and, and, and the next day the show was going to begin. And I remember this was going to be the launch of our ministry. It was going to be how we started. And I remember just sitting there outside my hotel room, and I remember just praying with Mike and saying, you know what, God, just be with us, open these doors, and, and protect us. And let me tell you, those next few days were amazing. Uh, no one hurt us. No one yelled at us. No one, um, uh, no one was really mean to us. They were blown away by the fact that Christians, pastors, 
would actually be concerned about them and want to come talk to them. We didn't get in any fights or any arguments with people, although, you know, that's sometimes hard because these people, a lot of them are a lot different than, than, than us, but a lot of them are really a lot like us. A lot of them are, are, are believers. A lot of them are just people that are caught up in this whole uh, problem with pornography and think it's cool and just thought they'd come to a show and never thought they'd encounter two pastors. Uh, the news was all over it. Pastors at a porn show, what are they doing? Uh, Playboy magazine, Penthouse magazine, all these like porn people, they were coming by and taking pictures and, and then a few months later put us in their magazine and my grandma was thrilled to find out I was in a six-page article in, in Penthouse magazine. She told the whole convalescent home. And uh, <laughs> they always look at me funny now. And I, I just said, you know, it's not what you, what you think. And I remember though those four days at the show, people were just uh, nice to us. And people were saying, you know what, uh, you care about me. We got to pray with people. We got to just, you know, talk to people. We got to uh, love people. Uh, the, the, the promoter of the show came by and he says, hey, I'm kind of upset that you guys are here. I was like, well, we paid 5000 bucks, and, you know, Mike's paying for it right now. Look at him. And, uh, and he said, well, no, I'm upset that this location is so bad. I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, this is kind of crummy. He goes, next year, if you come back to the show, I'll give you a much better deal and I'll give you a much better location. I was like, are you for real? Like, what, what's wrong with you? And he's like, so we tell people now they give us Christian discounts at the porn shows. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, it's, it's, we've gone back for three years in a row. There's a show in LA in, in June and there's a show in January. Next week, that's where I'll be. Uh, it'll be our fourth year there. And these people have embraced what, what, what we do. They, they've uh, allowed us to be there. And they're saying, you know what? You're not the enemy. And uh, you guys have a right to be here. Uh, we've made friends with a lot of the people in the industry, and we've made friends with a lot of the people that consume this product, and we're here to say, you know what? At the end of your road, when you figure out that this isn't what you want, hey, we're here. And let me tell you, it's been amazing. I mean, bottom line, uh, and our website, you can check it out, and it's got information about a free software and all this help if you are struggling today with porn, but that's really not what I, I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, loving God and loving other people. As we talk about worship, Jake talked about worship last night. He talked about, you know what, uh, worshiping God through serving other people and ways that you can do that through, through your talents and your gifts and your resources and how you can help people. Today, I want to talk to you about worshiping God through loving God and loving other people. Let me tell you, when you do those things, you'll be amazed at the response. Check this out in Mark 12, 31. Actually, starting in 28. My text says the most important commandment. That's how it kind of starts off this passage, and I'll, I'll read this. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus says the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law then said, Well, teacher, you've spoken the truth by saying that there's only one God and there's no other. And I know it's important to love him with all your heart and, uh, and understanding and strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is the most important, even more important than offer burnt offerings and sacrifices. Realizing how much the man understood Jesus said to him, you are, not, you are not far away from the kingdom. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. 
So you get this. I mean, these people are hearing Jesus' words and they're hearing what he's preaching. And then he says, you know what? On top of everything I've said, the most important thing that you can do is to love me and to love other people. And they're still like, well, more important than all this other stuff? And he says, yes. And today, if you want to worship God with your life, if you want to live this life of worship, I think the most important thing that we can do in worshiping God is to love God and to love other people. I believe this, when you love God, an outpouring of loving God is loving others. Because some people are hard to love. Some people, you know, it just doesn't come natural. You might have some family members or some, some other people in your youth group or people that you know, and you're just like, man, I don't like that person. I don't love that person. It's going to be hard. And God says, love them as you love yourself. And so sometimes it's harder to do, but the loving of other people comes as an outpouring of your love for God. It's interesting. You meet a bunch of crazy people when you go to a porn show. Uh, we made a bunch of crazy Christians, too. And these Christians happen to stand outside the show. And uh, they protest. And they yell horrible things at people. This guy that's on the screen, he was yelling at these girls that was walking by, you're going to hell, sluts, you're going to hell, you know, and you're burning. And then his sign says, fearful, unbelieving, abdominal, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars will burn in hell. Uh, the response isn't that great. It's not really in love. I, we kind of got into it with him. I brought Rex the rabbit out, and there was a little, a little scuffle. And uh, he didn't like Rex the rabbit. But I, I just said to the guy, I said, you know what? Why? And he goes, I'm preaching the word. I said, you know what? We're, we've been inside now. We met that guy after our second year of being at the show. I said, we've gone inside. He goes, yeah, I've heard about you guys, and that's why we're here. We've got the whole team this, this week. And there's like four of them bombarding the entrances of this place. And I'm going, you know what? I don't think it's working. And he goes, well, how do you know what you're doing is working? I go, I, I don't know if it's working. I go, but I know what I'm called to do is I'm called to love these people. You guys have tried for 10 years now picketing the show. People have bought their tickets for 30 bucks. They're not going to like, oh, that guy told me I'm going to burn in hell, so I'm going to just leave. I mean, he yelled at me, and, and yeah, that, that convinced me. I'm just going to go down to, to this show. I mean, they, we don't see any, any things happening from them, so we decided, you know what? Well, let's go inside. So we took a whole different message, and we printed up postcards that says, Jesus loves porn stars. And on these postcards, we handed them out to people, and people said, what? what? Jesus loves porn stars? What are you talking about? And he says, yeah, I mean, he loves all people. And uh, if I have five minutes in front of someone to share, and they're standing in front of my booth, and I get to talk to them about the gospel and this God that I love, I want to tell them that God loves them despite of what they're doing, that God has a plan for them that's bigger than what they can see, and that God has something better for them. I don't want to get into the, okay, yes, you're going to hell and this and that. And I want to reach them in love. It's amazing the response. Let me tell you, uh, I was speaking at Azusa Pacific uh, University, this college down south, and this girl, a little older than you, 19 years old, second year at college, came up to me. She's like, that's amazing, like what you're doing. And she goes, so do you talk to many of the porn stars? I said, well, you know what, we're married and we're, you know, kind of stick with the guys and we, we get this message out, but there's not a lot that we actually do for the porn stars. She said, well, I don't know what I'm really talking about because I've never had a boyfriend, never even kissed anybody, and I uh, don't know anything about porn. But I was watching VH1 the other night and I saw this documentary on Jenna Jameson, who's the most popular porn star in the world. She goes, I, I tried to ignore it. I tried to forget about it, but... There was something as I was watching that going, you know what? These are the people that I need to love. These are the people. And she goes, I don't understand it because I don't know anything about them. 
And now you came to my chapel and you came and spoke at my school. So I think this is a God thing. So I want to help you in reaching porn stars. Like, well, it's a little tougher than that. I mean, I don't really know the plan. And we give these postcards out. But she goes, I'll call you. And I got excited because I thought, okay, well, maybe she'll call. Maybe she'll come up with some idea. And she kept calling me. Like for, for months, and I was like, Lacey, I don't really know how we're going to reach porn stars. And, and so she kept calling, and I said, finally, one day, well, you want to come into our office and, and help us out, and you could kind of volunteer and do some office-type stuff, and we'll kind of create a plan to reach porn stars. And so she comes in, and uh, in June, a few months ago, um, we went to the porn show in Los Angeles, and Mike and I set up a booth, and our, all our people there, and we, we talked to people about pornography, but then Lacey... And three other friends of hers and girls that have been in contact with our ministry went and they set up a booth next to our booth. They printed up, uh, we printed up this banner that was 10 feet uh, tall that says, Jesus loves porn stars. They printed up 5,000 postcards that says, Jesus loves porn stars. And instead of just giving them out to the people that were at the porn show, uh, they actually went out and stood in line to, uh, to go meet the porn stars. And these girls, they actually sign autographs all day long. And guys stand in line and women stand in line to get their autographs. So the girls in our booth decided, you know what, we're going to go meet these girls. And let me tell you, they stood in line sometimes for an hour to meet some of the most popular girls in the industry. And uh, here's three just girls look like they just got out of youth group. And, uh, and I mean, they don't look like porn stars. And, they're, you know, they're 19 to 25. And, and they just, you know, they're their peers. Because most of the girls in the industry are 18 to 25. And so they would go stand in line and they would just, you know, wait for an autograph. They don't look like people that are into porn and they don't have DVDs to sign. And they would get to the front of the line and they would say, you know what, uh, can you sign this for me? And the girls look down at this postcard that says, Jesus loves porn stars. And if you could see the look on the girls' faces, they hadn't heard that before. That's, they, they thought it was going to be a, a disgusting DVD, an X-rated film. They thought a guy wanted a, a picture with them. But here's these three girls, and they said, yeah, we just want your autograph because we'd like to pray for you. And uh, at the end of the show, they took all these postcards, and they divided them up between the girls, and they spent the last six months praying for these girls. They told the girls, hey, if you want, uh, we have some T-shirts that have the Jesus Loves Porn Stars thing, and we'd love to give you one. So when you're done doing what you're doing here, if you want to come over to our booth, we'd love to give you a shirt. I sat there in our booth, and I watched 245 porn stars walk over to Lacey, Julie, and Kelsey and just said, hey, we're here for our free T-shirt. And the girls said, okay, and they gave them their free T-shirt and suggested large sizes. They all wanted smalls, but we said, uh, you know, we'll give you what you want. But we said, uh, yeah, some of them exchanged cell phone numbers. Some of them exchanged email addresses. Some of them uh, exchanged just, you know, personal information. And they got to talk to these girls and just say, yeah, I mean, we're, we're here for you. Here's a girl, 19 years old. I had a long conversation with Lacey's mom because she's scared to death of her daughter going to a porn show. I said, you know what, Lacey's mom, I'm sorry. And she's like, I hope she was just going to work with like something overseas. And how did she meet you? And I was like, uh, you know, she's yelling at me. And I said, well, let me tell you, it's not about us and what we're doing, but God's put this call on Lacey's life to, to, to love these people. And, and let me tell you, I saw you, your daughter at this show, and you have nothing to worry about because your daughter's on fire, and this love for these girls truly has come out of her love for the Lord. So sometimes, you know, I mean, I love, it says in the Bible, is patient. Love is kind. Love, um, sometimes you have to be patient. Sometimes, you know, you're loving someone and you're, you're reaching out to someone. Maybe you're not getting anything in return. You're not seeing any results. You're not seeing anything from that. And so you have to be patient. We gave away 245 shirts at the porn show. And the phone calls came from about three porn stars kept in contact with the girls. 
Let me tell you, five months later after that show, one of those girls called. She happened to call my cell phone because that's the number that she had. And I remember at five in the morning, one morning, I got a call from her and her boyfriend. It was a girl that we met at the show and her and I actually uh, had got in contact with her boyfriend and started talking to him on a regular basis. And then the phone rang at five in the morning that said, hey guys, you remember me? I'm living in Las Vegas right now and I've done 245 films and you know, I'm 24 years old. I have a daughter who's five and I've just reached a dead end. Is there a way that you can help us? I was like, well, let me wake up here. It's five in the morning. And, and uh, I was like, so you guys serious? You're ready. You're, you're wanting a change. And she says, yeah. And you guys were the ones that I thought I'd call. I remember thinking, and that's just a small phone call, but out of those, you know, out of those seeds that were planted, sometimes, you know, you, you don't see fruit immediately. Sometimes you're just, you know, planting the seeds. I remember, I'm like, okay, what are we going to do for this girl? I called her back at a, at a later hour, and I started talking to Lacey and some of the other people in our ministry. I said, so what can we do for this girl? We have an email list of about 70,000 people that are on our email list. We've seen over 50 million people that have visited triplexchurch.com, but we don't know these people. We don't uh, have contact with them. We just have some email addresses. So I thought, what about if we sent out an email to some people? I don't even know if all these people are Christians that get our emails, but I'll send out an email, and we'll ask if they would consider helping this girl named Trinity. And I remember asking Trinity, well, what would you want to do? And she says, well, my dream would be to leave Las Vegas because I know if I stay here, I'm too close to this industry and I'm going to just be trapped. I said, all right. Well, uh, she says, I have family in Indiana. I'm thinking Indiana, much safer than Las Vegas. You know, not a whole lot of porn happening in Indiana. And so I said, all right. I said, what would you like to do with your life? Because a lot of people get down this road and, you know, they don't just want to be a porn star, but it's what they've done, some bad choices. And then it's all that they think they can do. It's either that or Wendy's. And she says, well, I'd love to like cut hair. You have to go to school and cosmetology school is like $8,000 to go for a year. And I have a daughter, so I need daycare and I need this. I just said, Trinity, give me your wish list. Her wish list came to $14,400 is what it would cost us to move them from Las Vegas to Indiana to enroll her in cosmetology school, to get them out of all their bills and all their things. So I said, give me some time. I sent out an email saying, hey, people, uh, we have a chance to love this person. I put a disclaimer on there. Yes, she's a porn star. Yes, in your mind, you're thinking she's loaded. She has all this money. She's wealthy. She's just uh, a celebrity. But let me tell you, the reality is they could care less about her in the industry. There's a few popular porn stars in the industry that make a lot of money. The rest of them, uh, they come and go. Trinity made $28,000 last year doing hundreds of porns, you know, having to prostitute herself, and it's not what you think it is. So I wrote that in the email. Like, come on, people. It's not about this, this luxurious life. That's a lie that they want you to believe. This girl has a daughter. She wants a change in her life. She doesn't know the Lord. And this, to me, is the best way that we could show her God's love. I waited and thought, all right, I've never asked these people for money. I don't even know them. And in five days, over $14,000 came in. Came in through online donations. And so we're having these stacks of things and authorizing credit cards. And I called Trinity, and I said, Trinity, we're coming to Vegas on Sunday. She called me a week prior on Saturday. The following Sunday, we had flown to Las Vegas. A friend of ours is, uh, used to be a porn star. She's now on fire for the Lord, and she preaches every Sunday. Her name's Shelly, and she's an amazing story. I said, well, Shelly, can you come with us and help uh, uh, us move Trinity and pack her up and, and just get her off to Indiana? She says, yes. And I said, one of the things Tr uh, I want you to deal with with Trinity is just keeping her accountable. And I, so I want you to, two to meet and, and get connected. So we all flew to Las Vegas, and we get there to Trinity's house. And let me tell you, um, 
we packed them up and got them all ready in the U-Haul, and we we uh, we bought our cake, and uh, it says congratulations on your new start and your new life. Uh, Trinity's name is Michelle, actually, but when you go into porn, you create a new name because you don't want anything to do with your old. It's all a new life. So we said, congratulations on your new start, Michelle, which is her real name. And she sat there, and we gave her, you know, the, the checks to pay off her, her, her debt and to get out of her lease. And we told her, hey, you know what, we're holding on to the $8,000. When you get to Indiana, we found the cosmetology school for you. And she just looked at me. She's like, how did you guys do this in six days? And I said, I have no idea, Trinity. I, 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 I was doubting, too. I said, I, I had no idea people were going to come through, but these people... They love you. These people want to, they, they, they don't know you, but they heard your story and they want to do something. And, and the, the, I wish everyone that gave a dollar could have been there in our apartment in Las Vegas as we celebrated and we brought balloons and flowers. And, uh, and it was just a, a, Mike's son, six years old, and uh, he brought his son with him. And, and Mike, uh, I, I was at Mike's house a few days later, and, and uh, he's like, yeah, we went to this cool birthday party. And uh, we're like, well, it wasn't really a birthday party. Mike goes, just tell him it was a birthday party. And uh, so Jackson, Mike's son, thinks it was a birthday party, but it was an amazing celebration of, you know what? Um, this is what God can do for you, Trinity. He can give you a new start. This is what God wants to do. And, and she saw for the first time, I believe, an outpouring of Christ's love. She didn't accept Christ. She didn't, you know, uh, write there, repent of all her sins. But I know for the first time in Trinity's life, she saw God's love firsthand. Let me tell you, it changed her life. She's in Indiana now, someone you could pray for, uh, someone you could... You're just keeping your prayers as they're, she's in counseling and as she starts cosmetology school next month. And let me tell you, it's, it's amazing. Most amazing thing I've seen is when you see God's people worshiping God by loving God and loving other people. And let me tell you, people freak out over it. People are just amazed. And when you sit there and you tell this Trinity, you know, when we tell Michelle, we're like, no, I mean, $14,000 and this and that. We've got people that are worshiping God that, that love you, that don't know you, that just are compelled to do good. And let me tell you, people aren't, don't expect that. It's not the norm today in the world we live in. It's not just what people expect. But let me tell you, you want to have an impact on people, you start to love God. God says in himself, it's the most important things that you could do. You want to live a life of worship. Worship God through loving God and loving other people. I'll tell you one more story of this guy named Jimmy I met. And Jimmy, um, we were at the porn convention uh, one year and this guy was across from our booth, and I thought, oh, you know, oh. They gave us a better booth at the porn show, and, and we were in front, you know, kind of with all the big guys this year, and we thought, this is cool, but it's not cool because now there's, like, all these videos right in front of us, and there's this porn guy with long hair and glasses and all these porn girls around him, and we thought, oh, God, like, we, we can't stand to see what's going on there all week. We tell people all the time God works through the small things because I remember uh, at that porn show their DVD player broke, Porn people aren't the smartest, so they, they, could have, uh, they could have just bought a new DVD player. But instead, uh, they rented these, like, plasma screens. So there's these, like, plasma screens that were playing, like, hardcore porn for a day. And then the DVD player started skipping, so it was, like, on fast-forward. And then it just start, started to freeze. So they shut the videos off uh, two days into the show, and it was just blank screens. And we, we laughed and just said, uh, didn't offer our DVD player, but thought, all right, God, you, you're, you're keeping us protected here. The guy that was running that booth came over and talked to us. He's a friendly guy, and he just said, oh, Christian porn site, what is that? And we just never thought we'd ever hear from him again. And he sent an email a while back, and he said, hey, guys, remember me? I'm Jimmy. I saw you at the show. And 
uh, you know, I thought this was funny what you guys were doing, but some things stuck out because uh, I've been doing this for like 15 years and I don't like it anymore. I mean, my industry's gotten so bad. I can't stand behind the products that we make. This stuff gets in the hands of kids. I've got kids of my own. He's like going off in this email for two pages. So if you ever need any help, uh, I could help you. Porn people aren't known for like great videos and their, their video directing and their high quality stuff. And so we thought, you know what? Well, you don't really need him to help us shoot videos. And, but he says in his PS, hey guys, I'm a porn producer and you guys claim to be pastors. So I don't think you'll take me up on my offer because us two aren't supposed to work together or even communicate. And I read that email and I thought, man, Jimmy D's been burned before. He's encountered Christians before that have maybe brushed him off because of what he does for a living. He's encountered people before that have said, you know what, I, I can't deal with you because of what you do. So once you get your act together, then we could talk. I wrote him back immediately. I'm like, Jimmy, I don't care that you're a porn producer. I, I know you were, and that's when I met you. And I, I know that's what you do, but I care less about what you do for a job right now. And, and if you want to help us, let's, let's just meet together. I don't really need your help, but uh, yeah, let's just meet. I remember we met at his office and we walked into LA in, in his little studio and there was no you know, movies being made. It was just this warehouse, empty, kind of ugly place. And Jimmy's there and takes his sunglasses off and the cigarette out of his mouth. And he's like, all right, guys, what are we going to do? We're like, well, let's make a commercial. He's like, I got kids. I hate that this stuff gets in front of kids. So we decided to make a commercial uh, uh, about keeping porn from kids. We visited his studio uh, two weeks later, and we brought back puppets. And uh, we did this whole kind of like Elmo's World, because we've got kids now, and they watch that Elmo's World junk. And so we did this like little friendly video with Pete the Porno Puppet. And uh, <laughs> it was more geared to like parents to tell them, hey, parents, your kids are smart, and they know where you're hiding all your porn. So move it or lose the porn, and for Pete's sake. And uh, it was just a like, little animated deal. It was awesome. Let me tell you, we were watching Jimmy. He's getting excited. We'll move the puppet over here and have him smiling. And then Mike, you, Mike was the voice of the puppet. And uh, Mike, speak a little louder. And we're like doing, filming puppets uh, on the porn set, you know, where he's used to doing all this stuff. And, and we're just hanging out. We ordered pizza. And we're just hanging out. And he got all his friends to help him. And he was just saying, I, I mean, these guys are like the porn pastors. And I, I just want to help them. And I remember uh, we released a commercial. And... Uh, CNN headline news called. Say, hey, can you and the porn guy come on our show? I said, yeah. Can we bring Pete? And uh, well, we don't really care about the puppet. And uh, no one cared about Pete, the porno puppet. Because the story was never about Pete. The commercial was never about a commercial. It was about, here's a guy, I believe this. When someone comes into your life, whether they're you know, a, a big sinner, a little sinner, involved in all the wrong things, or look like they have it all going on. When someone approaches you, they, they most likely probably see something in your life that they're attracted to. They most likely see you, you know, this love for God, this love for other people. That's what we saw in Jimmy. He came to us and he says, guys, I'm kind of fed up over here. For some reason, I'm going to go help you guys. I, I knew from day one, Jimmy D's searching. And if I just brush this guy off, I mean, he's going to continue searching, but... You know what? I have the good news for him. I have the answer. So to me, it was never about a commercial. It was about loving Jimmy D. We go on CNN headline news. We end up going on The Daily Show, People Magazine, Newsweek Magazine, LA Times, New York Times, GQ Magazine, on and on and on and on and on. A hundred news outlets across the world picked up this story. The biggest headline 
is in the LA Times, and it says, unlikely bedfellows joined together to film PSA, uh, public service announcement. And the story was about, what are you doing with Jimmy D? Like, what are these two? And people were freaking out over it, going, no, 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 this is just like what Jimmy said in his email. I realize we're not supposed to get together. Let me tell you, sometimes it's, a, it's this dangerous ground. You guys might have friends that you know are pulling you down. I'm not saying, hey, go be involved in all the things that they're doing because you want to reach them. You've got to be different. You've got to be a part. You don't have to go do all the things they do in order to reach those people. But for Jimmy, we know, you know what? There's nothing in his life that appeals to me. He's searching for something that I have. I don't want his life. So it was hard to kind of convince people of that. People just immediately go, Mike and Craig want to be like porn stars, and they're hanging out with this guy. We're like, no, people, you don't understand that. We love this guy, and we want to help this and see this guy through. I remember we, uh, we got all these emails from people. And then we had this email database, and they were saying, please remove me off your email list. I used to be a fan, but Jimmy D, you've gone too far. One email said, porn show? Okay, maybe I can see why you would go. Hanging out with Jimmy D? Never. Remove me. God bless. It's like, God bless? What? I mean, and so about 10,000 people asked to be removed from our email list because they said, you know what? Jimmy D, I don't buy it. And I was like, man, you guys just don't get it. I remember we went on 700 Club with Pat Robertson. None of you probably watched this show. And uh, it's this old guy, and it's this religious channel. And, and Pat Robertson does this thing. And, and his reporter, we said, hey, we, we're not really big fans of the 700 Club, but if we can bring our friend Jimmy, they're like, is he one of the new pastors? I just went out. Uh, I said, no, he's not uh, one of the pastors. He's actually a pornographer. Oh, well, okay, yeah, you could bring him on the show. And so we brought him on the show, and I remember uh, the, the reporter turned to Mike and said, so have you seen any fruit of this ministry? And Mike goes, yeah, one of the fruit is standing, you know, one of the fruits of this ministry is standing right here. So he brings the mic over front to, to, to Jimmy and goes, so have you become a Christian? I mean, that's what Mike's saying, right, that you've become, uh, you're saved now. And Jimmy's like, not exactly. I mean, I'm not a Christian, but I do see the faith that Craig and Mike have, and I know it's a real tangible thing, and it's something that I can grasp, and I respect that. And then the reporter turned to the camera, and he said, on a more successful note, this website's seen a lot of traffic, and he starts talking. And as I watched that in my room when it aired a few months later, I thought, wait, you don't get it. When you go and you try and love people, you love God, and you love other people, uh, you, you don't really have an agenda. I mean, sure, I want to see Jimmy D saved. Sure, I want to see Jimmy D out of the porn industry. I pray for that almost every day. I don't know the day or the hour. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But my love for Jimmy can't be uh, depend on that. And so when this guy says, well, that's not successful because he hasn't become a Christian, sometimes we think of saving people as a notch on a scorecard. All right, well, I got them on there, you know, praying for them, and as soon as they become saved, I'll, I'll mark them off the list and... Let me tell you, you might have people like Jimmy, you might have family, you might have friends that you're thinking, man, there's no way they'll ever come to Christ, so I just want to give up. And let me tell you, don't give up. Despite of what people say, it just it continue an outpouring of love to those people as you live your life of worship and as you love other people. Let me tell you, don't give up. We didn't give up on Jimmy. I could care less about the people that asked to be removed off our email list and all the, the flack. Because when Jimmy D a few months ago came to me and he says, hey, Craig, I need a favor. Hey, first of all, you're really a pastor, right? Because, I mean, part of me doesn't really buy it, but I said, yeah, Jimmy, do you want to see my certificate? He goes, no, but I need a favor. 
said, my daughter's getting married, and uh, we don't really have a uh, pastor in the family that we know. So could you and Mike officiate the wedding for me? And as we stood at the wedding um, with Jimmy D's daughter, and Jimmy D handed the microphone, uh, and he says, uh, I want to introduce the pastors at the reception, and they're going to say a prayer for this. It was all his family and all his friends, and we got to do some counseling with his daughter, who's a great person and not involved in porn at all. And I remember standing at the wedding, and Jimmy D introduced us, and he goes, hey, uh, these guys are pastors, but they're also friends of mine. Everyone in the place started laughing. <laughs> yeah, sure, Jimmy, pastors are friends of yours. And then he goes, but beyond that, they're like family. And uh, as we said the prayer for the, the, the reception, it was just am- it all was worth it. As I sat there at that wedding and celebrated this, uh, this something that these kids will never forget, I, I realized, you know what, he hasn't become a Christian, but we're able now through our love to impact more than just Jimmy, but his whole family. Let me tell you, he's become a dear friend of ours. I'd do anything for Jimmy, despite of what people think. And so my challenge to you today is as you, as you look at the people that God's placed in your life, I'm not telling you, oh, yeah, you know, go to the porn show, go to this, go to the most extreme places. For me, it's the journey that God's taken me on. I never thought it would be what it is. It, it has become less and less about porn every day and more and more about people and more and more about the people that are caught up in sin, the people that, that, that are wrecking their lives because of this and they're looking for help, they're looking for a way out and somehow, I don't, I don't have the answers, I don't have the... I don't have that just by myself, but because of God's love, I do. Because of my love for God, I feel I could share all day long with these guys all day long about this. One of my coolest memories with Jimmy was we, uh, there's this guy that's followed us around for a couple of years. He made a movie, and it comes out in March about our story of Triple X Church and in stores and video places everywhere. And we got to play this video uh, movie for our friends. And we rented out this theater in California and invited all our friends and we sold tickets. And it was really cool. And I called Jimmy. I'm like, hey, you coming to the movie? He's like, no, it's all like your friends and Christian people. I'm not welcome there. And I'm like, Jimmy, you know us better than that. Just come to the movie. I don't know, Craig. And I'm like, you got to come because Jimmy D's in the movie. Because, you know, it's a documentary about our, our, our ministry that this guy made. And it happened to be uh, over the time that Jimmy D was involved with us. So it's a big part of the movie where you see this porn guy helping and Pete the porno puppet, all this stuff. And so I said, no, you got to come. He's like, all right, I don't think so. And I remember uh, the movie started. My mom and my dad are there and, you know, my pastor and 170 people there at this little theater in Laguna Beach, California. I didn't see Jimmy D, and I thought, oh, all right, flight, he didn't show up. I was kind of mad. And, but there was a balcony, and there was, then almost everyone was in the lobby, and no one was in the balcony. So Jimmy D snuck into the balcony uh, halfway through the movie. He said he hit traffic. So he got there in time for you know, his part. And I thought, cool, well, you know, we'll hang out afterwards. I invited him to dinner with all the rest of us. There's a poor part of the movie, though, where it kind of bothers a lot of people because the, the producer of the film actually went and hung out with Jimmy D for a day, and they went to one of the shoots of his porn. He didn't show any of that, the porn, but um, he blurred it out. But you see Jimmy D on a porn set. It's quite different from him working with the pastors on Pete the Porno Puppet or quite different from you know the wedding. This is like now the reality of what he does for a living, and some of the times it was tough to watch. I sat there next to my mom, and, I, and she kind of started to like Jimmy D until she saw that. And she just started going, I, don't, I mean, shaking her head. 
And I thought, okay, well, was it wrong probably for me to invite Jimmy D? Because maybe it's a good thing he didn't show up because these people would hurt him. These people are mad now because they're watching what he does for a living and they're not seeing Jimmy D as maybe Mike and I have seen Jimmy D or as God sees Jimmy D. So I remember the movie ended and I didn't know Jimmy D was in the balcony. So I thought, okay, well, this reaction from these people was kind of weird. So I thought, you know what, maybe it's better he didn't show up. God didn't bring Jimmy D, the pornographer, to our movie that night. He brought Jimmy D, the father, Jimmy D, the grandfather. And let me tell you, the coolest thing I've seen is Jimmy D was sitting in the lobby. He was actually standing in the lobby. Um, He didn't have, like, popcorn shoving in his face and all these, like, porn girls around him and sunglasses. He had a baby that was one month old, his grandson Owen, in his arms, and he was feeding Owen a bottle. And he had his daughter, who's 22, Shauna, the girl that we officiated her wedding, standing next to him. And everyone walked out of the movie, and they were blown away. They thought they'd see the pornographer, but they saw this guy, and they saw him finally as God sees him. My mom, like, went up and hugged him. I was like, you're kidding me, you know? And she's like, oh, the baby. It's amazing what it, it does. When, when you take out, okay, well, that person does those bad things or that person, but then you, you, you remove that, and you just love them regardless. I saw as 165-something people walked by, and then they saw the man that they just saw in the film, but they saw something different. A pastor sent me an email, and I'll close with this. He says, last night was amazing, Craig. I saw passion, love, anger, frustration, hypocrisy, fun, denial, and mostly Christ in both of you. To go in an uncharted area of that capacity and come out with anything good is one thing, but to come out with the victory that you've achieved is of God. The best thing I saw last night is when I was leaving. You were standing with Jimmy D. He was holding an innocent baby, pure, white as snow, without sin. The man holding him was changed because you were listening and obedient. Maybe Jimmy D is still doing what he does, but I saw a different person standing there than I saw in the movie. God has Jimmy D now. And the baby, you've impacted also. Let's pray. God, thanks for this time together. Thanks for this conference as we learn about worshiping you. God, we've learned that you're a big, huge God that created this place and desires a relationship with us. We've learned that worship is more than singing and more than praying. God, it's getting on our knees and serving one another. It's giving up of our time and our resources and serving one another. God, it's loving you and it's loving your people, whoever they might be, whoever the people might be that you've brought in our paths. So God, I pray for these students and these young people. And God, I pray that you give them the desires of your heart, God, to just love people. And God, I pray that their love for people comes out of their love for you. It's not because uh, of anything else, but it's because of their deep love for you. God, I thank you for loving me. God, I thank you for the love that you have for Jimmy, the love that you have for Michelle, and the love that you so desperately want to give them. And God, I thank you for just letting me be a part of showing them a little bit of that. So God, I pray for these students, these young people, and the people that they're able to impact, the people that they're able to reach, the plans that you have for them, God. And I just pray that they can worship you through loving you and loving other people. Pray this in your name.